Hello and welcome to What Memory, the podcast for survivors of stroke and brain injury. I'm Stephen Masters and I'm here with Josh Reed. We've both had strokes. We want to share our experiences, find out how other people live with brain injury and investigate what's new in brain injury research. This is episode 19, Virtuous Circle. Brain injury makes us lose confidence in our ability to cope with even the simplest aspects of life. But to recover from brain injury, we need confidence. So I thought we'd talk about uh, confidence. And I looked up a, a definition of confidence. is the belief that you can successfully do a particular thing, which I thought was quite... Quite, yes. So I mean, it's your anticipation it that you can do something. It seems very general. Um, seems very... I mean, there's a lot more to it than that, but, I mean, it's not wrong because it's so general. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the belief that you can do something, isn't it? It's where you don't question your own a talent as a human being to actually yes, successfully yeah. get something done. And also, I guess, if you have confidence then you have confidence to try something new as well. Yes. So if you're happy with where you are and, like, content and confident, I don't really know what else to <laughs> say, but you will be confident in trying new things as well. Yes. And I think that... So what happens, I think, with brain injury or a stroke... Um, even though you may have had confidence, not even realising you've had confidence to try out stuff or just carry on with yeah. life, that all of that gets shattered in a moment, doesn't it? Is that yeah. you start, to, you lose your confidence in your very self, not just in your ability to do stuff. Your whole kind of yeah. world view of yourself gets torn apart, really. Yes. It gets very, very small. <laughs> yes. Are, yeah, yeah. You can, you can barely sort of, you know, you don't, you're not, competent in your own self and confident in your own self to even think about sort of oh just I'm really confident in word processing like you're not even aware of who you are yes 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 what what you thought you was a talent you had a special talent for something it's now impossible you know you think you're a reasonably good tennis player not anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly no it's um super interesting um sort of topic because yeah it's 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 hard to pinpoint exactly what is confidence and competence and all of that but you know it when you've lost it I, I think that's the key isn't it you know you've lost confidence when you've lost it and you suddenly realize that was a thing you had to have <laughs> yes. yes i remember for me that because of the stroke, I, I just felt my own body had kind of let me down in a curious way. Yeah. So I wasn't even confident in my own self anymore. I was thinking, what no. else is it going to? Is this like me and my body? And my body was now slightly the enemy that they might, you know, oh, yeah. I, could, I couldn't I could sort of just go through life thinking I can rely on my body. If now I can't yes. rely on it, it might do something else like this and, you know, put me back into, into hospital for weeks. Yeah, so um, yeah. I, my very existence was called into question by my own body. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. It's like, it's, you, it, you're very, very, very aware, I think, that your mind is not your body. Uh, yes. And this is where, as a philosopher, it was very interesting because I was just like, 
I in my head I was like, right, I want to do this. My body was like, no, we're not, we're not listening to you at all. <laughs> yes. And, but I was like, I want to do this. I want to be able to, I don't know, move my right arm, for example. My body was like, you don't have a right arm. What are you talking about? Yes. And I was like, I'm sure it's there. It's I can I can see it, sort of. I can feel it with my left hand and left side, but it's not there. <laughs> so yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a version of computer says no, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's uh... <laughs> a very frustrating. And I suppose for, that, for people, I was thinking for myself, it's it's my body, but for people who get brain injuries another way. Um, like they have a car accident or they get yeah. beaten up like Jamie. Um, yes. It's, you, you have less confidence in the rest of the world because the world's now become a very, very dangerous place. If you go into a car, you might have another car accident. You might end up in hospital with brain damage. And, yeah. um, and you can't really... You lose confidence in your ability to negotiate your way through the world because the world has now become such a more dangerous place. And I find that... Yeah. I've met quite a few people who just are virtually scared to go outdoors because they yeah. don't have I mean, the confidence. It's, mm, it's very... Sure. Sort of, but that's the thing. It's like, you know, it, nothing changes. As in, like, yeah, the world can be a dangerous place. Like, you can just be... You can jump in a car with either yourself or a friend when you're completely healthy and you can have a car accident. Yes. It doesn't change it. It's just like your perception that, oh, my God, I didn't quite realise how dangerous everything is. I know, isn't it? Yes. Because you feel vulnerable, because you feel vulnerable, you just are more in tune with the sort of dangers and worries and things like that. Yes, and they, yeah, I think you're right. And I think they, they, the, the worries and the anxieties to do with that become much higher up in your brain don't they yeah. whereas before you don't you don't spend all your time thinking i'm going to get run down by a bus anytime soon yeah. uh, that, that's not the forefront of your mind but no. after you've had an accident that that becomes yeah. the, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear but i think it's, it's kind of um it's made more difficult i think because when your brain's completely scrambled like your memory goes and you know yeah. you can't talk properly and your face has dropped and everything like that those physical difference difficulties are kind of making your confidence level go down even more yeah. because you're having to cope with that yes and also you're aware that oh okay my speech isn't as good as it was or i don't have any um so you kind of shrink because you're like oh i i don't feel like comfortable in this situation yeah, where lots yeah. of people are talking um so yeah so it's very very difficult and as a person who loved talking it was uh, <laughs> very difficult to find myself not able so yeah frightening as well yeah Oh God, yeah. And also, I, I found I didn't trust my own thoughts. Some of these thoughts I had were so weird, and so I, I felt my my I didn't have a very good judgment about things anymore. So you know, yeah. put a minute. I couldn't tell the difference between left and right. So yes. I found well, that I very that. very worrying. That I you know I would say left and I meant right, and right and I meant and. And my family thought, well, if you can't judge left and right, you know, we're in, we're in big trouble here. All, all of us as a family, because if you, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm exactly the same. I, I still struggle with my left and rights. Um, they're not 
it's not as bad. So my family and my friends, they know what I'm talking about. If I say, I'm, oh, I need to go left, they're like, do you mean right? Um, and, you know, I'd say up and down the wrong way round. So I say, <laughs> I need to go up to the kitchen when I'm actually upstairs already. So, yeah. So, but I'm getting better in the, in the sense that I can go right i need to go my so if we're in a car and i'm in the passenger seat i go my side your side that's, that's <laughs> makes it so much easier because it's not left and right however if i then go oh it's on the right and i go oh is that the right is that the, what i actually meant yes it is but i don't trust myself that i'm correct yes because for so yeah. long i was wrong so yeah it's just it's finding those finding finding those sort of the confidence to be like, I am right. And also because I've been so wrong so many times before, <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent certain that I'm right. Because <laughs> all those so many wrongs don't make a right. Exactly. Whichever way you do it. And that's why I find the confidence bit goes because you're not 100% co confident that you could even do yeah. a simple thing like left and right. Part of the loss of confidence is, is, because I, I know I'm never going to go back to what I was before. And yes. I find that kind of, to get that, to get on in life without knowing, without the certainty that I'm going to go back, means I've got yeah. to find another way around the confidence thing mm. in a curious way that I had never anticipated ever having to do. I never thought I would ever doubt my own abilities my own judgments my own sense of myself that much that i would ha have trouble getting through a day because i simply didn't know how to negotiate it yeah no I, it's it's very difficult because so you know i to begin with let's say when i came home i was a bit overconfident let's say um <laughs> and i've had to i've almost learned to become less so sort of like so to the point where I'm like now like just below my how I was before. So I, I was super overconfident for about a year, and then I realised how bad things actually were. Yes. And then I had a crash and was like, oh my god, I'm useless. I can't do anything. Everything like that. And then I built myself up. So I've all. It's always. It's yeah. It's terrible. So I, I just it. It was. It's difficult because I was so overconfident, and because I was like, "Well, I could do this before, so why can't I do it now?" Oh, very dangerous. Yes. Yes. Well, yes, just, yes. That. But I think that's a neurological thing, isn't it? Or, or because your confidence part of your brain is completely blown on the one hand, you have no confidence, and on the other hand, you have this overconfidence completely at odds yeah. with the reality of your life i mean yeah. yes i know which which i've um so inability to judge a risk i think yes. is is yeah. which is equally um, worrying as well if yeah. you don't know your limitations then yes i can do yeah. it i'm going to do it anyway i'm not sure if i can do it i can't remember if i can do it i'm just going to go for it well that's a very bad way of doing it <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's how I probably for a year lived my life because I was like, well, I'm not going to let the stroke stop me. And I think that was it as well, not sort of admitting that actually this is... Yes, that gung-ho approach. Yes. 
but I also didn't want to let it beat me, I guess. Um, and so I tried to show how strong and how capable I was by messing up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Big time. <laughs> On an industrial scale. Well, that's, yes. Yes. So um, what I found was, and you probably found this as well, because we talked about people around us being very protective, because when they see you do things like that, getting super overconfident about something, they become sort of gatekeepers of your confidence. Don't yes. They kind of say, yes. well, perhaps you shouldn't be trying that yet. You know, you can't yeah. walk that far. You can't walk no. in town because you'll never be able to get back. The terrible thing is that if you have other people continually sort of in their own minds having to manage your confidence yes as your confidence grows and you actually your abilities grow and your your walking gets yeah. better and stuff like that they are still retaining that view of you and so you have to kind of almost yeah. negotiate their confidence in you yes yeah so i still I, get and that's the thing so i i hated that I for as about about a year I, I hated that <laughs> I was like I was so independent and the fact that I felt like a child and a baby that had to be mollycoddled and things like yes. that which yes. I needed at the time looking back but at the time I absolutely hated it um and you know I did sort of accept it more and I can understand as well from their other the other perspective as well now looking back but at the time I couldn't do you still think that they are kind of gatekeeping your confidence slightly or, or on your behalf so they're they are not totally confident that you are totally confident of doing stuff so it's got better 100% right. and my girlfriend she's amazing and lovely and my mum is happy because she tells me off. She's like, "You haven't, you haven't changed that needle for your insulin pen. You haven't. Have you got your? Have you had your tablets?" And I'm like, "Yes, I've had my tablet." So she's able to when, like, I know that probably like four months ago, my mum said, "When you're with your girlfriend, I can actually now relax for the first time since the stroke because I know that she will be as hard on you as I would be." Right. Which is really lovely for her, but I think that. Yes, I probably will need that for the rest of my life. So right, yeah, 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 yeah. It won't be as much as it was. It will be little things like, oh, reminder, I'm just going to remind you, have you got this, this and this with you? Yes. And then, and I've had to accept that I can't be upset. People are only doing it to save themselves and me stress. Yes. And I sort of get into the point where I'm accepting it fully now. Yeah. Because I need it. I, I've, I've sort of gone, actually, yes, I need, I need this little reminder. So I, when I go away for a weekend, I always go, right, double check. I check myself, <laughs> yes. well, I've got everything I need. Then I ask someone else to double check and go through with me the stuff that I need. Because I don't fully trust myself. I do. To a certain point. Yes. And then I go, actually, I'm just going to, can you just check? <laughs> it's taken me five years to get a list together. If I'm going away for a weekend, which I can now mm. do, 
not by myself, obviously. But um, yeah. yeah, I have a list of things that I have to take with me because, yeah. and it's taken me five years to get to that. But yeah. I, because I have no confidence that I will not just not forget stuff, I'll just leave yeah. my phone behind. I'll leave clothes yeah. behind, shoes, anything. I just yeah. you know, I and I have no confidence that I will remember the list which I used to have in my head. Yeah. Before the stroke, I would. I knew exactly what to take. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even think about. It was kind of the weekend no. bag, bung it in, there we go, and then we're off. Not anymore. Yeah. So no. I find that uh, I'm not even sure I'm going to get that back, or the or I tried very hard. Yes, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like I'm pretty sure that like, I, I can do it myself, but I like – it's almost like not a crutch, but like just a – Oh, I'm just going to go through all the stuff that I've got yes. with my mum or my stepdad just before I go. So I'm 100% certain that I've got everything that I need. So it's more that I go, well, I'm pretty sure that I can remember it all, but I'm just going to double check. And I think that will always be yeah. how I have to do it now, which is, it's fine. I, I sort of have come to terms with it and... You know, it probably is a good thing because you know before you before use stroke, you use the phrase a hundred percent certain. You see, and that I, I find that quite intriguing because yeah. I I'm not hundred percent certain about anything anymore. <laughs> the idea of a hundred percent certainty is gone, which I find you yeah. know that that's kind of a weird thing, isn't it? I used to be a hundred percent certain of certain things, but not anymore. I wouldn't. Yeah. I don't think I trust myself enough yet. I think I think that. At most now, at the best of times, I can be about 95% certain. But again, it's not 100% certain. It's not like I, I might go, oh, um, I'm just going to double check that I've got everything. <laughs> if I'm on my own, say, like, I'll go, oh, I'm just going to triple check. <laughs> otherwise, you, you, I, I, don't, I just don't have that confidence fully. And I don't think I ever will. And I think it's probably a good thing as well because as when I was overconfident, I would forget lots of things that I yeah, did, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, well, I'm stuck now. I'm in town, and I've not, I've not got this with me." So, yeah. So when I was um, when I was working, I used to teach a module, a confidence module, and right. um, and what I used to do was a, having no loss of confidence i didn't we I, I i did it as an academic thing which is confidence is a trait i mean it's part of your personality uh, you can't yeah. learn it but you can acquire it um and he's used the, the three c's method which was the uh, kind of american idea that confidence creates confidence so the more confident okay. you've got a, a particular thing the more confidence you would have in me own to do something else and do the next thing yeah, that, I mean, and so for people with low makes... confidence you just incrementally got competent at things and then that yeah. showed you can demonstrate and you give you a chance to go on to something else it didn't yeah, i didn't realize I that yeah i could prove it with a stroke oh charles i didn't want to be expecting that <laughs> incremental changes in competence yeah. might improve your confidence was not on my list of things to do at the time i mean and that's the thing it's probably you know to a certain extent it's a it's a already inbaked thing when you're sort of young because you know I was a very competent person before the stroke, yeah. and so I was 
yeah, I was like, well, I'm just going to throw myself in and damn the consequences. Baby steps, isn't it? Literally baby steps. It's, you, yeah. so you take a step as a baby and then you think, I can climb these stairs. Yeah. Exactly. And, and because you've learned how to walk, you can just move on to the next bit and then you might have a try yeah. at running. So I think yeah. it's, it's back to that, isn't it? Is that the confidence to run is based on your competence at walking. Yeah. Isn't it? And that's the thing. It's, it's incredibly painful when you know that you could easily have done these all <laughs> yes. six months beforehand, no problem at all. And <laughs> then you go... Why am I having to do all this again? Why yes. am I having to learn all this again? Isn't this just not a normal person? So, yeah. Yes. So Either the world very... has played a very cruel trick on me or my own body has played a very cruel trick on me. Yes. Yeah, so the, the, the bit that I'm really interested in is that not having any confidence... You, in order to get the confidence back, you've got to have the confidence to be vulnerable all the time. Yes. Because you're very yeah. vulnerable as a human being once you've had a stroke or a brain injury. You're vulnerable on so many... So, like, you've never been before. You've never been this vulnerable in your whole life, except maybe when you, were, when you were a child. A child or baby or something like that, then you weren't vulnerable. So you're back to that kind of childhood vulnerability. Yes. But when you're 65 years old, the idea of being super vulnerable is a bit of a, you know, you think, oh, my God, what's going on? And um, yeah. but also you, you're you not terribly sure about letting people see that you are just simply not confident with things that that that, that yeah. although they can see you're struggling with walking, they don't see you struggling with your confidence in your ability to yeah. overcome the walking problem and so it's yeah. very much you know thing to let that out is actually you've got to be terribly vulnerable to to kind of acknowledge the vulnerability i suppose yes to other people not just yourself as yes. well yes because you can be like oh yeah i'm a bit vulnerable but not really sort of believe it or fully believe it be like oh yeah i'm a tiny bit more than i was <laughs> yes. but I'm not like completely childlike. Yes, I yeah, don't yeah, think yeah. You could admit that to yourself, but yes. <laughs> admit that to yourself and to other people. Yes. Yeah. Which actually, incidentally, is is really why places like Headway do so well because they do boost your confidence, yeah. don't they? Because you're surrounded oh, by yeah. people who are exactly like you. Yeah. So you can kind of you can try and fail publicly. I think in yeah. a way you can't do with your family or your friends or your previous work colleagues or everything. You can just no. you can mess up big time and headway. Because with those, with the family and the stuff, you want to be there for them. Like yes, you yes, that's you it. You want to be that person, so you want to be act as if you're confident. You might not do it well, and you might, but you you feel like you need to, or at least I did. Yes, um, yes. When, whereas I when I got to headway, I was very quiet for a couple of weeks, but then... I do remember that. You were a very quiet person for... A... Yes, you were. Yeah, yeah. I and then you found your voice, quiet. and then we couldn't stop you. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, um, but everything, everyone's sort of in the same position. They might be in different levels of, sort of, like, recovery, but they're all basically at the same place. So you can fake 
you can have a fake, com- no, well, not a real conversation, but it feels like it's not as high stakes as maybe a social interaction with other friends and that family it, uh, members it? are. Yes, that is completely it. Because you, yes, the, the stakes aren't so high because the bar is so low in, in a place like that. Where, but yeah. that, that in a way is a good thing. Yeah, because oh, yeah, you, no, it's it's the little wins and the little steps. Yes, absolutely. That you're, that you're doing to try and improve, and and that's the thing. It's like it's such a massive. It really was in headway a massive improvement from the very first time that I went to the last time, and that was because I had the confidence and also the fact that it's like fairly early on sort of like a month or two I was given the responsibility of talking to someone who just sort of was coming to the um sort of headway so you know and the fact that they felt that I was able enough to speak to that person and talk to them and yes. tell them how it works and I was like oh I don't feel like that should be me and then I had I had to there was there wasn't a sort of way that I couldn't because that's what I was told I needed to do so you have to sort of step up which is definitely what you have to do in real life but yeah, in a much yes. minor scale it's, it's curious because they never did that with me at Headway and I, I can mm. see why now because I, I would be at a table and I would start a conversation about how uh, you know one in four people who have a have a stroke get, go on to have another stroke which is kind of like, <laughs> yes, because that was that was worrying me. That was playing yeah. on my mind. That was a huge anxiety, and it made me lose confidence in a lot of things. Like, well, I might not be around in a week's time or a year's time, yeah. you know. And um, of course, having conversations like that is, is fine. And we know about the dark humour at Headway, yeah. but you can't carry on with conversations like that where they say, "No, perhaps Steve, um, perhaps we don't want to carry on with that conversation too much. We'll move on." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But no, it's it's looking back, like I didn't realise quite how impactful it was. But looking back, I can see how much of a difference it did make. Cause it allowed me to have some sort of normality because that's the thing. You don't have normal normality for so long in a normal situation at yes. home um, because everyone's not for any fault of their own or... Everyone's walking on eggshells around you. Yes. So when was the first time that you were outside of your home or outside of your immediate group of people when you were talking to strangers that you actually disclosed that you'd had a stroke and you were struggling and you were vulnerable? Do you remember when that first happened? Uh, I mean, that would have been... So, I mean, other than friends who knew you and stuff like that, it would have been headway. It would have been that I talked about. Oh, okay, actually, this, this, these happen. Whereas now, it's you know, it's not a daily occurrence or anything. But like you know, once a month, I will say, oh, um, yeah, I had this, and I struggle with my eyesight. So, and it's it's becoming more and more something that I'm able to talk about. Obviously, the podcast has helped massively yes. with that because we talk about our own situations and what's happened and what we can do to improve and to help other people improve. But, you know, it's, it, that feels slightly different because it's like, it doesn't feel like a podcast. It's just me and you talking or me and someone else talking. Yes. Me, you and someone else talking. So it doesn't feel 
very it feels intimate whereas yes. actually it could go as we have uh, to, to hundreds of people yes um but it's disclosure, isn't it? It's, 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 it's yeah. having the confidence to say, actually, my life's gone horribly wrong and I got terribly vulnerable and I'm trying to recover, but I will probably not recover in quite a few areas. And I think, in, in a way, that is one of the stepping stones of confidence, is to acknowledge yeah. that situation. Yes. Yeah. And that, in a way, is a competence at being honest. Yeah. Is one exactly. of the first steps you can make to improve yes. your own confidence. And once you got over that, actually, you can go quite a long way. It's quite amazing, actually. Well, yes, because once you go, I oh, right, I I am comfortable telling people that what happened. You can say, actually, I am doing so well for what has happened to me that actually, I will tell every anyone who was, yes. was yeah, interested, yeah. yeah, and or anyone who needs to know, like you know, I'm wanting to work so you know of course I'm going to tell work because they need to know but also I'm not going to use that as a oh it's I don't see it as a fault or a something that stops me doing work yes. I see it as a well actually it shows that I can come back from something awful and horrendous that people couldn't imagine and deal with yes yes and actually see i'm here i'm i'm able to do this so that has made me really confident in that sense that i can see where i was and how i'm here now and you can talk to me so what more do you want (laughs) (laughs) i found out that taking risks in life is is very closely allied to to confidence um so if you have if you have confidence, it's the confidence to take risks, and because you can yeah. weigh up the risks, and you can kind of if you, um, and you can make an assessment of, of a risk and think, oh, yeah, I I can see there's a risk in here, but it's not that great, and I can cope with this. So in a way, nothing is a terrible risk. I've never been to holiday in, in Scotland, and we're going to have to drive all the way up there, and there's a risk of the car breakdown. But I can cope with this, and yeah. I'll cope with that, and cope with that. So actually, this is not a, this is risky, but it's not that much of a risk. I can get out, you know, I can not overcome it. So you know, dive in. You don't really care about those risks. You kind of absorb them naturally and think I can cope. Yeah. And so the human mind actually naturally does that. It's yes. like you know, yeah. I can climb a tree. I'm going to have a go at that. Yeah even though falling out could be a problem, I don't think I'm going to fall exactly. out. And as a child, you do that. You do. Well, oh, yeah. you don't do it these days. Children aren't allowed to climb trees because apparently it's too risky. But that's probably, yes, that's a whole different kind of risk analysis. Isn't it? It's gatekeeping again. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and that's the thing. I think that with the stroke, you kind of, or a brain damage, you completely lose that ability to realise what the risks are fully. Yes. Whereas... Nowadays, I can go, actually, I'm not going to do that because that's, you know, for example, I'm going, I'm not going to go to a festival just when COVID was finished because actually that's a stupid risk that I'm, I'm personally not prepared to take. Not prepared to say, yes. However, yeah. I've been to a festival, an outdoor festival last year, which I loved. It was amazing. And there was lots of people there and but it was outdoors. So I was like, well, okay, that reduces the risk of any sort of, covid or whatever yes. happening and 
now I would go, oh, okay, well, now I'm comfortable enough that I've done that, that I'm also more comfortable going to an actual small venue where they there was lots of sweaty people next to you and <laughs> listen to music. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's weighing, I'm, I'm better at weighing up risks to basically be like, right, is this worth me personally taking that yes. chance that's incredible, incredibly confidence making. Because if you can make, yeah. if you can weigh up a risk and think, well, that is a bit too risky, and I'm not going to do it. That is actually a very confident decision yeah. based on your ability to assess all of that. Yeah. I think it's when exactly. you lose the ability to assess things and you're not yeah. sure about your your risk taking abilities, and you can't yeah. judge things. So I think that's when people get anxious and then they withdraw from that. In fact, actually. Yeah. Anxiety and um, confidence are kind of like um, two parts of the something. Sides of the coin. Yeah, they're two sides of the coin of, of a kind of the neurology of kind of confidence, which is that if you feel confident about any decision you make, yeah. um, it releases dopamine into the brain. I didn't know this. Okay, I've yeah. just found this out, and it's a yeah. chemical. It's a chemical thing, and. Um, yeah. Into, goes into the reward part of your brain network. Okay. So you anticipate success, you feel confident yeah. about it, dopamine is released into the brain, you feel good about it, and you take the risk. Conversely, yeah. if that doesn't work, you get anxious, yeah. it starts to feed into the anxiety parts of the brain, and you start going downhill, and you get more and more anxious until you're a completely anxiety written person so yeah. confidence and anxiety competing kind of motivational parts of your of which guide your every action yeah so yeah. anxiety is a way of avoiding failure you think i'm not yes. going to do that yeah. whereas confidence will impel you forward so that yeah. and i find that if once you realize that then the idea that there's a kind of virtuous circle of confidence. Yes, yeah. Which is the because you're just sending out more and more dopamine into your brain. It makes you more confident to make, and that sends out more dopamine. And you yeah. do something and you get it right because you've had the dopamine and you get the reward sensation. You take another yeah. risk, more and confidence. That's, and that's the thing. In um, Headway, it's like that's what they want you to do. They yes. want you to do little steps forward, make little goals and beat them and then realise, oh, actually, this is, I can easily do this one. So what about the next one? Okay, what about well, the next one, yeah. one? But I'm going to try because the last one was I found easy once I sort of geared myself up for it. So actually, and so, and then it's just a roll, it's like a rolling snowball. Yes. Um, it's a virtuous loop, isn't confidence. it? Yes. But it's interesting because you say it's like you may not be able to do something, but you've got the confidence to give it another try. Yeah. And so you exactly. Yeah, and if you but if you if you've got anxious and think oh, I can't do this, and then you mm. you yeah the dopamine levels go down, everything fall, falls apart, and yeah. you don't have the confidence to give it another try. Whereas trying and failing, but feeling good about it, getting something out of it, is the key to success. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, but that's the thing. It's like, obviously, for a year, I, I was overconfident, and that <laughs> can have its own 
issues. Um, but luckily, because I'm a very stubborn person, shockingly, um, I was able, even if I was knocked down five pegs, let's say, from something that I couldn't do, it wouldn't stop me from doing it. And so luckily, that's the person I am. But I understand people who aren't and just are so so risk averse. And these are the ways and the steps that you can do to hopefully improve that. Yes. New topic, the pep talk. Okay, so the pep talk is, I didn't realise this, but you can actually, the, the idea of the pep talk, where you kind of pep talk yourself which is what athletes do isn't it they talk themselves into winning um is actually actually works at a neurological level so you can talk to yourself you can talk to say i'm going to win this i'm going to win this yeah it sets up the dopamine in reward part of your brain yeah so you talk yourself into winning even if you only fake it yeah. I know. You fake it till you make it. You just keep yeah. telling yourself you can make that putt at the goal, goal shot. You keep doing that, and yeah. uh, it'll actually happen. That's incredible. Like, it I, is, I always isn't it? thought that that was just a thing people said. Like, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You can tell yourself that you're going to win, and you, you, you have a better chance of doing it. And I was like, no, that no can't it be. can't be like, right. I'm, even now, I'm like, mm, but probably that makes lots of sense. Yeah, apparently, just saying the words in your mind or out loud, just saying the words of success yeah. builds mm. your confidence because it floods your brain with dopamine. Wow, uh, that is amazing. So I think that yes. Yeah. Yeah, so the idea that you can you can you have a coach or something who's continually saying you're a winner, you're a champ, and all this kind of stuff is actually. What they're really doing is a neurological game of tricking your brain into a dopamine state, which actually achieves its own results in clever. Yeah, so whether you say it or whether someone else says says it, it, it's always the same. It's like a bit like a placebo. Placebos actually work in, I think, something like 15% of cases. I know. And even when you tell people it's a placebo, it'll still work. It's yeah. incredible, isn't it? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, 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 and if you can take a pill, which you say, is, that, that pill is just made up of pure sugar, it has no effect at all, but you yeah. take it and you lose your headache. How did that happen? Yeah. Well, apparently the brain can do this, which, which is pretty astonishing because on the one hand, of course, your brain's completely screwed, if I can use that word, yeah. um, in, so, in so many ways, but your brain is building a network around the injury. So yeah. if you can encourage it to to form the confidence network when it's rebuilding yeah. around this broken bit, you're actually doing yourself a hell of a lot of favours. I was going to say yeah. favours there. You see, classic nice. example of not using the right word. Flavour and favour. <laughs> so good. Yes. <laughs> well, I've got the confidence to acknowledge that that's, you know, the way I talk. When I was sort of trying new things it was like new things like walking this was like babies this is baby learning to walk again but actually learning completely new things not related to what your life was before yeah is actually a brilliant thing to do 
Yeah, because you're definitely. because what it does is set up in the brain the part of the network that has confidence in the little yeah. changes, and they feed through to everything else. So if you start yeah. trying to play an instrument, even though you've never played one before, you may not be very good at it, but the fact right. that you're trying to learn feeds back. And if you start to play yeah. a note and you, you can do, you know, a very simple tune, that is success. That is, builds the confidence to try a yeah. more complicated tune, but that feeds back into another part of your brain and sets off old things that you could do well that you can no longer do and helps yeah. you get them better as well. Amazing. Counterintuitive yeah. to take up tennis <laughs> where you've never played it before, but even simple tennis will go back and help with your walking. Yeah. And crazy stuff. And that's the thing. I, I, I can definitely see it that I'm, learn, I'm trying to learn Spanish and I have been for... I think it's 147 days. So I've been listening. I've been doing Duolingo, uh, and I'm on a 147 day streak or something like that. Right. But it's helping me to use that part of my brain because yes, I had a little bit of Spanish before my stroke. So my mum is a Spanish teacher, but I never did it because my mum is a Spanish teacher. So of I didn't course. want to. <laughs> um, but, I realised that I want to now. I want. To, I, I always wanted to. I always meant to, but I was waiting till after my transplant so I could sort of go away and spend a month in Spain and have to yeah. speak Spanish. Definitely good that I'm. I'm learning, and it's it's a new skill. It's something I'm trying to learn. I'm not. I'm not like at all very confident with it, but I'm getting more and more confident with it, and it's. Uh, it's definitely helping me, hopefully, in other areas. Yes, um, yes. My, my speech and stuff like that. And, you know, at some point in my life, I would love to be able to dream in Spanish because that's when you know that you've got <laughs> another language. <laughs> I love the idea. I love the idea. Dreaming in Spanish. It's never, it's never occurred to me as a life ambition, I've got to say, for myself. Well, no, I mean, but I can see, if you're learning Spanish... And you can actually end up dreaming in Spanish. That would be quite an amazing yeah. thing. And I can also see yeah. that taking up Spanish when you didn't do it before your stroke plays into other kind of learning and intellectual and cognitive abilities to do with speech and memory and new words and stuff like that. And that's having the confidence to try. If you're trying something new since your brain injury, email us on whatmemory2 at hotmail.com. That's W-H-A-T-M-E-M-O-R-Y followed by the numeral 2 at hotmail.com. And check us out on our Instagram at what underscore memory 2. What Memory is our personal podcast. Any views expressed are purely our own or the personal views of our guests. We're not expressing the views of any organisation or business. A big thanks to our amazing sound producer and fellow brain injury survivor, Jamie Rutherford. Okay, we're done. The only thing we know for sure after brain injury is that the future is unknown and daunting, but it's only going to be brighter if we plan for it to be that way. Bye for now.